In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Our episode this week just seems like it needs to come out sooner because, you know, the holidays, right? (laughs) With them coming upon us and the media fraught with stories of supply chain issues and retailers just bursting with consumerism, I thought I'd bring this episode out a little bit sooner than planned and just help navigate the holidays and share some perspectives, tips, and just stories of how to gift experiences. We try to do this regularly, so I thought I'd pull some of my little tips and I'll actually be revealing what we're giving our kids. So husband, please don't air this with children around. But before we get into that, I just want to say hello to New Zealand. Ordinary Sherpa ranked in the top 50 chart in New Zealand this week. So hello, New Zealand. And the other thing is that's kind of funny is I did an Instagram post. Ordinary Sherpa has been downloaded in, in all 50 states. It had been quite a while ago. But when I dug into the data this week, because, you know, I, I do that occasionally, I learned that Brandon, Florida is the place that downloaded Ordinary Sherpa the most this week. I didn't even know where Brandon, Florida was. So I had to look it up. And I will just say, can you see the rabbit hole I went down? (laughs) They host a really cool, actually the world's largest food truck rally. I had no idea. And I love food trucks. Small tip, if you are traveling and you want a local experience, check out the food truck rallies. If there's ever like a Wednesday night food truck, there's a lot of local good food there, but also there's a lot of variety. So we usually can almost make everybody happy at a food truck rally. So little tip as you're traveling. But I wanted to pause and thank so many, actually, who reached out and said kind words to celebrate our one-year anniversary or one-year birthday. I received a couple of cups of coffee. Thank you very much for those. I had a crafty weekend this weekend and woke up to snow. And there is nothing more delightful than getting creative with snow and a cup of coffee. I did not plan the snow, by the way. My children did. They were up at 6 a.m. And they stayed outside until at least 8 a.m. I was so excited to have that much fresh air. But being warmed up inside, being creative with a fabulous cup of coffee, it was really delightful. So I wanted to share that I received a cup of coffee from an anonymous buyer this week who said, love your outlook on life and adventure. I just started listening this year and now I want an RV. I want to hike the AT and who knows what else. (laughs) Thank you to whoever that was that purchased me some coffee. You can see how that coffee led to an experience. Not only was I sitting inside enjoying and creating, it was Hawaiian coffee, by the way. So I was kind of reminiscing of a lot of really fun things from Hawaii. The aroma was so delightful. The taste was amazing. And that's how I wanted to be thinking about this episode, actually. When you have an opportunity to create an experience, what are the things to keep in mind? And it's not always just having a spur of the moment experience like we sometimes have on adventure and travels, but also how can we get intentional about it? And so for this episode, I'm not going to do a deep dive on designing experiences. That probably is a 
course. <laughs> but I'll give some little insights into designing experiences. And then I'll weave that really throughout my tips on how to design experiences and gift experiences or things to consider when gifting experiences. I want you to stop right now and think about a time you went on an adventure. Who are you with? Where are you? Try to remember your surroundings. What do you smell? Who do you hear? Or what do you hear? So often, when we think we're going to solve a problem or we're going to design an experience, we immediately go to our ideas and our thoughts. And one of the most transformative learning experiences I've had is that when we really want to solve problems, we need to start with empathy and allow feelings to take priority, to kind of be the inner voice and work through what you want this experience to look like, to feel like. And so when I'm gifting experiences, I also want to be thinking about the recipient and empathize with things that are happening in their life. What is their life like? What would make this experience meaningful in a way that provides them with the opportunity to connect and experience adventure? I like to use things like think about their love languages or think about things that are problematic in their life. How could I make their life easier with this experience or more meaningful? I'll give you just a quick perception around an experience that we are gifting our family is we're going to be heading out west to go skiing in a couple of weeks as a family. And we decided not to do that over Christmas this year. So we're doing an early Christmas present as a family. And when we were designing this experience, we wanted to feel challenged and have a new experience by skiing out west, but yet encouraged. We don't like the hype. We don't like the touristy stuff. We don't necessarily like even all the family amenities. We like good skiing. We like meeting with the locals. We like it when it's not crowded. So our skiing out west was something that would challenge us and give us a different experience, but we don't need top of the line. I think I sent this out in my email list. If you are on my email list, it's a good promo to get on my email list. Go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe because I'll be sending out tips like this more, more regularly. Another way I think about designing experiences is when I'm doing one-on-ones with my kid or like my kid's birthdays. We always try to think about that child. What is something that's going to be a little bit unique, that's out of the norm for that child on that day, and that makes them feel special? Now, it doesn't always mean calling them out and recognizing them. I have a kid that's not in love with that. (laughs) So I do kind of throw that idea of their love language. What are the things? Is it quality time? Is it acts of service? Is it, if you haven't read Love Languages, by the way, it's probably a good book to read too if you haven't. I find it really helpful because most of my kids thrive with quality time. And I do have one whose love language is gifts. So I have to be really mindful that she loves lots of little gifts. That's her love language. Keeping all that in mind, when we're designing the experience, I'm going to give you some ideas for how to facilitate an experience, some ideas for how to gift when the gift is the experience, some ideas for creating ingredients of an experience, and then when the gift is actually part of an experience. So the act of getting the gift is an experience, but not necessarily the gift. So it's going through the motions. And then finally, the reflection of an experience. So those are kind of the themes that we're going to walk through today as we think about gifting experiences. The first one is facilitating an experience. So I like to think about this as there's a lot of different ways we can do this. One way is to think about how I can solve a problem or make the experience better. 
When you think about a recent adventure or something that could have been better, is there a thing? Is there a process, an amenity, something that would make it better or easier? Just to give you an example, my husband and son go to the Boundary Waters every summer. They take a canoe, they pack everything in, they take a canoe, they paddle out, they camp on an island, they fish relentlessly, and I do not go. (laughs) There are so many little things that make this trip more enjoyable each year. There's little tweaks that they learn. And one of them was having water shoes one year because you're hauling all of your stuff, you're in the water, and they have to be grippy enough to hike in, but also sturdy enough to be on in the water. So we purchased Keens one year. Another was having light canoes because they're portaging. So while many of them had their canoes, we decided one year the idea of renting a Kevlar canoe, which really made a huge difference. And now I have to be careful because they are so expensive and my husband wants to buy them. And I'm like, let's wait. That's maybe a wish list for the future. The last one last year that we got were portable chairs. They're called click chairs. And what I love about them, I'm actually getting them now for all of us to keep in the RV, is they fold down, they pack down to the size of a water bottle. So they're just ideal for carrying with you on things like this canoe trip where you just don't have a lot of space or backpacking. And the other thing I love is I can fit five chairs in my purse. (laughs) So I don't need to carry these huge bag chairs. They're not quite as comfortable. You know, if I'm sitting in a baseball game all day, they're not as comfortable. They do have a back and they're very sturdy and they're very small and easy to carry. So that's why we like them. They're very compact. So click chairs. I'm going to By the way, if you like any of the ideas I give you, you're going to want to go to the episode website. I actually am going to write it like a blog. I'm not going to put all that in the show notes within the podcast player. But if you go to the episode website, which will be OrdinarySherpa.com backslash 051, that will have all of the links and all of the details. So I'm not going to keep reciting the websites, but just know that everything is in this podcast episode website. One of the ideas actually that I received from my boss last year, I think she just was getting the sense that I had been cooped up and knowing that we were cooking meals at home, there was just a lot, right? And I thought this was the most fabulous gift. She bought me a meal in a box kit. She actually sent me all the ingredients and a new recipe. And it was a new adventure in and of itself because we were creating crab cakes, which we've never had before. And it was just one less meal to plan. So it truly was a gift not only this new experience, but also it was solving a problem for me. It was one less meal that I had to come up with. And trust me, I was so sick of coming up with meals last year. So it was really fun. It was a great way to gift an experience. I've been talking a lot about our venture list for the upcoming year and just trying to, you know, plant some seeds. And I asked my daughter, if we could go anywhere and experience anything, what would you want to do? And I said, don't tell me right now. When I come to say goodnight to you tonight, I want you to be thinking about, you know, what's on your list or what are you thinking about? And I laid down and she said, I want to ride a horse on a beach in Hawaii. (laughs) I love her. Uh, That exact experience might be a little tricky. But if you start to pull apart things from that experience, how might I support her in an experience like this? Well, I don't even know if we can ride horses on a beach in Hawaii. Maybe some of my Hawaii friends might know. What I'm doing, though, is pulling apart something that would make that experience kind of meaningful. And that is she's going to get a horse riding helmet. 
and writing lessons this year. So it's something that's going to lead up to her ideal experience. Like a touristy ride, you see a lot of those on Instagram, and I'm like, uh, we might have to find a local riding experience on our travels next year, but we'll see. We'll see what we can figure out. Either way, those are just some examples where you can solve a problem or add and facilitate an experience by the gift. I hope that makes sense. Another segment is when the gift is the experience. So you're giving something that's actually going to create or foster an experience. Notorious for us in our house, kind of a standard item is games. And I actually am going to link to episode 35, where we did Games of Adventure. It's an entire episode on just some really good family-friendly games that can kind of create these adventure experiences. So that is one that I'll link to. The other one, though, and this is my son, is very active. He's not as... He can do board games, but it's not his preferred methodology. He's much more active and he likes active games. So he is getting a dribble up ball. It's like a smart soccer ball where he can play with us in the house. It's designed to be played within the house, but it also works with technology and it has smart sensors on it. So it can teach him drills. You know, you can play it against the iPad and there's, like I said, there's sensors on it. So it can kind of keep him active during these cold winter months or potentially cold winter months. So looking forward to that. I think that'll be something that's just different for him to test and build his skills in soccer and keep him busy and keep him active on days, especially when he wants to lounge around and sit on his tablet. Now I can say, well, if you're going to go on your tablet, then you have to do 30 minutes of soccer time (laughs) or something of that nature. Another one that we have done that I would say is kind of a game related is an at-home escape room subscription. And I think I've talked about this at some point, but Finders Keepers, I will put a link to this in the podcast episode, again, the website that I referred to earlier. It was so much fun. The first time we did it, we did a bunch of we had to solve a problem related to national parks. And we go to all these national parks and they had clues to find the treasure. And this was a, a several hour experience. And I just saw that they are adding different things for kids as well. So you can have a kids-based subscription for younger kids. Because this one was probably 10 and up. My nine-year-old did okay with it, but she struggled. So we're pretty excited about it. We decided we're choosing a couple of locations that he's interested in, particularly Machu Picchu was one and forgetting the name right now, it's in Jordan. But there's a couple different locations that you can choose from. And that was a really fun way too. And an added bonus, again, not to like totally push my email list, but you're going to see if you are on my email list, how this game inspired our Christmas card this year and potentially have a little version of an an experience showing up in your inbox. So hint, hint, if you want to join my email list, go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe. And another one that's very common, I, I know I promoted this before, it is the Adventure Challenge. These are scratch off adventures and we are so excited. We actually got the Adventure Advent, (laughs) sure, calendar this year. And it's nice because it counts down to Christmas and it gives you a pre-made adventure every single night or every single day, I guess, depending on when you do it. There's different books, there's packages, and they are great because you can do them for solo people, you can do them for friends, you can do them for couples, and you can do them for families. So they're also a really nice gift, kind of fun to inspire experiences for others. And this isn't necessarily something we do for ourselves. I did buy the Advent 
adventure. That's hard to say. Adventure uh, calendar. So that will probably be the the thing we do this year. Oh, and I should mention, if you do buy one, use the Ordinary Sherpa code. And I pu- I'll put this in the show notes and you can get 10% off your order. The next category is creating ingredients of an adventure experience. So again, I was trying to think through things that in particular, I'm talking a lot about my boss tonight. I don't, <laughs> we give really good gifts, I guess. But my boss had spent some time in Denmark. And I wanted to replicate an experience that might offer those elements and recreate kind of a Huga experience in the cold months in Wisconsin. So I went to the site Uncommon Goods. It's not an affiliate. It's a really cool space where they sell maker items. So they're just different ideas. I mean, even looking now, there was things like mixology classes and the ingredients you might need to make certain cocktails. Or there's games such as the Huga game that I bought my boss. And ironically, as I was looking through all these things, I also happened to come across the vintage National Park puzzle that my boss gave me for my birthday this year. So it's a great place. But what I was trying to get at is I used that game then, this kind of Huga experience to say, okay, what are some of those cozy, reflective things of Denmark that I could put into a gift basket? So there was a game, there was some socks, there was this special uh, Danish hot chocolate. And I think there was a book, I'm not really sure. But the idea is that we're cultivating an experience and kind of putting the ingredients together. One year, we gave our kids Disney. And we made each gift was kind of something they needed for Disney. So when you added the items up, the last thing was actually a box inside of a box inside of a box inside of a box, which they love. And each box had a clue in it. uh, And they were still trying to figure it out when they got to the final box. And the final box was their little magic bands and maybe a sticker of a character or something. So the idea was that you're taking them on the experience, but all these little things, you know, one was the travel bag. So it was a backpack and I'll, I'll link to the one. I love this travel bag, by the way. It's the Motherlode Junior and I have a link to it on eBags where I bought it. That was one of the gifts the kids got. We got an activity to play in the car on our route down, you know, just putting different things together. I don't know that I gave them their t-shirts there because I made their t-shirts. So I don't know if I gave them to them for Christmas or if that was a different gift, but either way, We only do three gifts, so it's not like these are huge, massive things all the time. They're usually pretty small and practical things that they could use. I will also say that not all of the gifts need to be new things. At least our immediate family, my kids, my husband and I, we're more than willing to focus on the experience and not necessarily the thing. So a lot of times we're finding things on Facebook Marketplace Last year, we found a pretty amazing deal. I want to get four used snowboards, four snowboards for $100. And it was a way for us that we were like, well, this is going to provide an experience for all three of our kids to start learning about snowboarding. We can just go to the local sledding hill. It doesn't have to be this grandiose experience. And so I'm always looking for things like that, whether it's on Marketplace or rummage sales or played against sports, you know, those thrift stores, we are okay using secondhand because it's going to provide an experience. So things like gear is good for us because we're constantly growing through it all. The next theme is when the gift is actually part of the experience. A friend of mine was doing a buy nothing challenge for an entire year and it got to Christmas and they were like, what are we going to do with the kids? We were really trying to reduce their non-consumables. So the gift 
was actually the family was going to go on a vacation to somewhere in Europe. I don't even remember where. And so they decided to make a card and that was the gift that they would open on Christmas morning. But the card led them on a scavenger hunt. And the scavenger hunt was pieces of paper that would eventually be links in a paper chain enough to count down the days to their family vacation. So sometimes we get so focused on unwrapping an item. I always like having the gift be the experience, such as, you know, going on a scavenger hunt or playing a game of some sort. A lot of times with our larger family, our extended family gatherings or gift exchanges, we turn the process into an experience. We've used games, we've used stories, we've used quizzes, things like that, just to make the actual gift exchange process a little bit more fun. A few years ago, I had a companion pass through Southwest and I wanted to give my mom a different type of experience because I knew there were things that she wanted to do. And in particular, I wanted to take her down to Waco, Texas to go to Magnolia Silos. And so I gifted her, it was just a picture of the silos, a calendar, and I blocked off the dates and told her where we were going. And so There is ways that we can gift things. And in that case, I had companion pass. So my mom actually, I didn't even pay anything for my mother to go. It was a fun way for me to gift my mom a mother-daughter experience to a place that she was interested in. And I was able to cover her airfare and accommodations. And actually, it didn't cost me really anything. Thanks to Travel Rewards. The next theme I would say is... Something that reflects back an existing experience. Each year when we take a vacation, I try to use that to inspire other gifts. Either we find something, like I said earlier, to make the experience better, or we have an experience and I want to reflect that back to them at the end of the year or at their birthday. Earlier this year for Labor Day weekend, we were in Estes Park, Colorado, for a wedding and it was just the kids and I and we ended up staying at this kind of cool motel. It was one of those like old school motels where every room had its own door on the outside. You know, you like drive up to your door. It was kind of and you had actual keys. Very nostalgic experience, actually. And in the lobby, they had all of these board games. Well, we had a morning where we really didn't have anything to do before the wedding. And so we went to the lobby, the kids and I, and we played this game. And the game was Color Brain. And it was something that my six-year-old, my nine-year-old, and my 11-year-old could all easily play together. And it was fun. Another one we do, as I mentioned, we like to do ornaments each year. And so the kids, one of the kids, well, actually two of the kids, went surfing when we were in Hawaii. And so one of them is going to get an ornament of a surfboard or of something related to surfing in Hawaii. Oftentimes things like pictures or artwork, there's different ways we can reflect back that experience. Well, gosh, almost 20 years ago now, I had gone to Katmai National Park with my dad and he was just a kid. He was he was so excited to see the grizzly bears in Katmai. And so I had taken some of my digital pictures and turned them into coasters. And that was the gift I had given my dad. So I think there are multiple ways to consider giving gifts. There's not only travel, but there could be gear. There could be actually creating the ingredients of an experience. 
So I encourage you this year, rather than worry about all of the supply chain issues and the shipping problems and all the things that the media wants you to worry about, I'd encourage you to really think about who am I buying for? What is in their world? What's happening? How can I use empathy? How can I use their love language? How can I create an experience that we can share together? And what are the ingredients or what are the ways that I could support them on this experience and create something that will linger, that will create family connections along the way and potentially have a new and adventurous experience. I hope this gives you just a little bit of help as you enter the holiday season. I'm not a huge consumer fan, so I'm not trying to push you to buy anything. There are a number of links and resources, though, on this podcast episode website. So again, that's OrdinarySherpa.com backslash 051. Until next time, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.